0: He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require from you but to do justice, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Hi everyone. On July 26, 1648, in Edinburgh, Scotland, the shorter westminster catechism was was agreed upon by a number of church leaders as a, a way of unifying the the anglican the, the the anglican church back in the day and and the opening statements are very familiar words it says man's chief aim is to glorify god and to enjoy him forever and and we've recited that we've we've thought of that for for centuries since but if you go back even further if you go back to 700 bc uh, we find the words of Micah the prophet that, that inspired by the Holy Spirit, brought to, to the Israelites. And uh, th- these are the verses that we've been looking at. And it's uh, Micah 6, verse 8. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And I, I, I love those verses, but I also recognize that it's easy to to just take those out of context. and And if we do, I think we're in danger of it becoming mere religion, mere religious duty, um, expectations. But actually when you read it in context of, of, the, of, of the whole chapter of the whole book of Micah, but particularly um, chapter six, we recognize it's actually in response to what God has done for us. So the challenge to, to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly is because of what God has done for his people. He says, I brought you out of Egypt you know, remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal. Remember what I've done for you. And then he rhetorically says of, of the people, you know, what, what then Lord, you want us to do for you? And this is the answer. In some ways, this is, this is an Old Testament version of man's chief aim. Yeah, we're to glorify God and enjoy him forever, but actually to, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before our God because of what he's done. It's a bit like Romans chapter 12, it's that hinge point, Romans twelve, from from theology of the first ten into eleven, to to the question in in chapter eleven where Paul says, "Who can understand God?" So I've said all this. Who can understand him? And then we go into the practical aspect of of Romans of, of the rest of Romans. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. So it, I find that so often in Scripture that that actually the the, the the duty, if you like, or the encouragement of, of our conduct is, is based upon what he's done for us. And religion is the other way around. Religion is, is do this and then you'll be accepted by God. Whereas I see in scriptures so much more and, and I think real and what God wants for us and his heart for us is that, hey, live this way because I've already done this for you. So I, I, I throw that out there just as, uh, as an intro this morning. And, and I've been given, as, as we're looking at these, this, this particular verse, I've been asked to, to sort of speak of community. So how does, what does this look like? What does it look like to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God in community? And, uh, and I think the reason I was asked is because I, I spent 25-plus years and actually grew up as a kid living in community in, in kind of a condensed form. It's a little bit like uh, this weekend we, we, we went up uh, Prevost, and, and from the top of Prevot on, on on a Friday afternoon, it was a beautiful day. You could see all of the Couch Valley, or pretty much all of the Couch and Valley, and the different communities, the different areas around the Couch and Valley. And I tried to zoom in on my phone to to try and pick out our house. Couldn't quite do it, but I kinda knew the area. And and in some ways, um, you know, there's there's communities within community, isn't there? We have we have our church communities, we have perhaps our, our work communities, our, our immediate neighbours, our our relatives, our family, our friends, but at different communities within communities. And having lived and served at a Bible school and Christian holiday centre for 25 years, it's like, a, in a sense, a condensed version of that. It's, it's like seeing the whole in Valley and zooming in. And it was 25 years of of sort of living in a in a magnified environment where we had we had some of the staff who who lived in. So we did that for a number of years. We actually lived in the buildings with with students and, and guests and so on, where you, pretty much you, you lived and you drank community life in every way. And then we had some years where, where, or the rest of our years, we actually lived on-site, and then we have some staff who live off-site. So uh, my experience is, is quite condensed of, of community living. And it was fantastic in so many ways. There was, there was physical challenges, financial challenges, um, but, but I think the area that, that, when I think of challenges and joys, which kind of They kind of inevitably roll together. Was that of people? So there was that we had some wonderful guests come. We had wonderful students. We had great staff from volunteers to to full time staff. But with that, because we're humans, there was there was challenges, and challenges that uh, that 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 I guess as humans we we bring to the table. You know, jealousies, misunderstandings, uh, envy, uh, discouragement, gossip, all those sort of things that. You know that that you wouldn't think we would come into an environment like that, but they do in so many ways, and and I guess it is because we're human, because we're fallen, um, <clears throat> but it, it almost seems to be more condensed in a situation like that. So let let me maybe try and share how that how that looked for me, uh, or or how how we take these this verse and apply that perhaps to community, whatever your you know your community that you're thinking of at the moment, and and there probably are many of them. You know, we have a general community, and then you have your little communities. So acting justly, and and I I think of that when I think of 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 my time at Cape and Ray, and one of the things that that jumps to mind is when I think of acting justly, I think of honesty, in, integrity, and rightness. And you think, yeah, that's that's obvious because I, I I'm I hope I'm I'm an integral person. I hope I'm honest. But but the the difficulty is when we're with each other, we we, we can slip easily, can't we? And I think particularly of the things that we say, it's very easy, isn't it, to, to say things that are unkind, to say things that maybe aren't quite right. They're not, they're not full truths. Uh, I think we have to be really careful what we say. And I remember um, somebody sharing from, from Philippians um, chapter four, verse eight, where, where Paul gives a list of things. He says, you know, uh, I want you to think on these things. And, and, there, and, and somebody said, You know, maybe when we communicate, we we should say to ourselves, maybe in our minds, you know, is it true? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? And that's kind of a great litmus test for the things that I say, maybe about other people. You know, the other things I say, the things I'm saying now, are they true? Are they noble? Are they right? Are they pure? Are they lovely? Are they admirable? Are they excellent? Are they praiseworthy? It's a little scary, isn't it, when we think of sometimes the things that we say about one another, which which are not. It's not acting justly, is it? This last week, I was uh, at my work. um, I was asked to not by anybody who who works for the company I work for, but by by a trade. um, And I'll try not to say too much detail. But as as many of you know, there's a lot of. We have a hard time getting certain products and it seems to be just one thing after another and this particular product i'd had this this tradesperson booked for for really a few months and and he knew the color the the clients had changed the color but when he actually came to do it last week he said we've run out so i said i said to him the clients have been on my back for quite a while saying we need to get this particular thing done and uh and so he showed up and he used what he had but he didn't have enough to complete the job and i said well you know you've known about this for for months And you've had the product why have you not saved any for this job and he said oh yeah it's just a hard hard to get supply it's difficult to get just tell the clients that i ordered the old color and not the new one and i've just used what i had and i I said to him i can't i can't say that because you haven't that isn't true and then he backtracked and it's it's quite easy isn't it to to twist a truth you know to take something in order to 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 bail ourselves out so just a a reminder um, as we as we live in community, whether it be, you know, with other believers or with non-believers, we need to act justly, honesty, integrity and rightness. And then the other thing I think in regard to that, and, and we're told in, in James not to show favoritism. But you know how easy it is to, to kind of spend time with people we like, maybe neighbors we like, maybe work colleagues we like. And I remember that at Cape and Ray's. It was so easy to, um, you know, part, part of my role there was, was to spend time with guests and students and so on. And, and to try and do that impartially. But it was so easy to be, to spend time with, with guests who you, you like and they're easy to be with. But, but it was often the, the difficult guests, the difficult students who, who really needed time. They needed a, a, a listening ear, they needed a kind voice. But, uh, and I think to act justly in a practical way is perhaps to, to maybe seek out those who, who, who actually really need that ear or, or that, that quiet word. So acting justly, the other is, is love mercy, isn't it? So, so what does the Lord require of us in response to what he's done? Act justly, love mercy. And, and I love mercy. Um, I love to be shown mercy, isn't that great? Not to receive what we deserve. Remember the difference between grace and mercy. Grace is receiving something we don't deserve. Mercy is not receiving what we do deserve. And I know in our salvation, that's very clear, isn't it? That we receive his life, his love, his, his gift of forgiveness. Um, and, that, and that's grace, isn't it? Uh, free gift. We don't earn it. It's, a, it's an absolute free gift. Whereas mercy, we we recognise we deserve His wrath. We deserve punishment because of our sin. But He doesn't give us uh, a, as we deserve. We don't get punishment. We we receive mercy. And uh, and I remember, I, well, I I was thinking about it. I've I've been driving for nearly 40 years, which is which is shockingly. Um, sobering that how old I am but I've nearly 40 years of driving I've been pulled over three times by the police and uh, two of those times I've been let off I, I was speeding I should have got a ticket but he let me off they let me off twice um, and and the other time actually I got pulled over going too slow so all three times I've actually been let off I was going too slow because I was taking somebody with a neck injury to the hospital and he then escorted me the rest of the way so I love mercy I have had two speeding tickets for, from a from speeding cameras in Europe. So I, I'm not um, by any means uh, without fault. So, but isn't it great to to receive mercy, not to have to pay that, that $200 ticket or whatever it is and get points on your license. But do we show mercy to each other? I, I remember in living in a community like that, how easy it was to pick faults out in others, to perhaps make others suffer, maybe to make me feel better. And I remember um, particularly uh it's, it's a few years ago now but right before we went on holiday probably leading up maybe a month before we went on holiday um two people had had wronged me and and i i i say that guardedly but yeah i think i i in a sense i was right in in feeling wronged there was two separate situations and i thought you know and I, it wasn't intentional i just did it i gave them what they deserved i gave them the cold shoulder i didn't treat them in a loving way i didn't treat them in a nice way I thought i I made them suffer for what they'd done. And it went, I went on holiday and it had been nagging at me, just the, um, I, I suppose, just the way these, these two particular relationships were and, and my conduct towards them. And, and I just sensed a conviction, a conviction that I needed to do something about it. And, and it literally, as, as soon as I got back, I knew I needed to talk to both of them and, and not point out their fault. That, that, I knew that that wasn't what I was to do. But actually I was to, to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the way I've treated you. And, uh, and I think that, that is, is loving mercy, is to not give them what they deserved. Perhaps, and it's very trivial, perhaps they deserved the cold shoulder. They deserved the way I was treating them. But actually it wasn't right. A bit like Philippians 4 it wasn't true. It wasn't noble. It wasn't lovely. It wasn't pure. It wasn't admirable. It wasn't excellent. It wasn't praiseworthy. It was actually, it was immature and it was unloving and definitely not merciful. So I, I, I encourage you and I encourage myself that we don't drift down that um, road of, of not showing mercy because we have been shown incredible mercy. We, we don't receive what we've deserved because of, because of his great mercy for us, as we read in Ephesians chapter 2. So act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And I love that, that, that last part, you know, the, the, the walk humbly with our God. You know, we can read that and maybe think, well, we need to live a humble life, which which yes, we do. We need to recognize that actually we're we're not what we think we are and we're certainly not God. But I think it's a, it's more about our relationship with Him. Walk humbly with our God. Recognize our position to Him. I think most of us want control of our lives. We want to do what we want, when we want, how we want. And we don't really want to be told what to do. That's kind of part of our, our human nature. Um, but, but I like it in, in James 4 where... Paul talks about, you know, uh, sorry, James, James talks about the people he's writing to. You've, you've been adulterous. You've, you've followed other things. You, you've drifted away from me. And he says, he said, submit yourselves then to God. And that submission is, is really like, it's really a military term, you know, come back under rank, come back under his authority. And I think that's what it means to walk humbly with you, God, is to recognize our position to him. And, and of course, we, we know in our minds and in our hearts that we're subordinate to him, that we are way less. But actually, our activity and our action is not always in line with what we know. I, I like uh, Psalm 147 as well. And I think I've read, read these verses to you before. And the psalmist says, his pleasure, in other words, God's pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of a man. So God doesn't delight in our abilities and our the things we do for him, our, our, the, all our activity and our conduct. But he says this in verse 11, the Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his, his unfailing love. So if we wanna delight the Lord, then we need to recognize that it's not about what we do for him, but it's about our attitude to him, that we, 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 our hope is in him, he's the one we trust in. We, we humbly walk with him, uh, recognizing that he's God and I'm not and we come under his authority, we surrender ourselves to him. So there's three things that, that perhaps I've, I've recognized in my condensed version of community, but now living here in the Couching Valley, I recognize actually invades all the different aspects of my community, whether it be my, my, my work community, my, my church community, my home community, my neighbors, or, or just as I head through town to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with my God. Practically, what does that look like? Uh, I I give you a little challenge for this week um, to to read Romans chapter 12. Uh, I've mentioned the first few verses there in view of God's mercy. So read them in view of that, in view of what God has done for you. Just like we, as we look at Micah chapter uh, 4 verse 8, chapter 6 verse 8, these verses that we recognize these are, are written in the context of, of what God has done for us. So there's the challenge. What about reading Romans chapter 12 each day this week? Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your incredible love, for your great mercy that you've you've shown to us. Father, in response to that, give us the, the strength, give us the wisdom, give us the, the ability, give us the desire to be merciful to others, to, to act justly towards others and walk humbly before you. In your name, amen.